Amen, amen, amen. Sweet hour of prayer. Love the hymns. Love the hymns. Morning, church. It's good to see you this morning. I know you're tired. If I wasn't preaching, I'd be in bed this morning. Really. Not as man. Not as man. Yeah, God is good. Well, the greatest conversation this side of heaven, I believe, is probably the most misunderstood and abused gift that God has ever given to his believers. When was the last time you wept at the throne of grace? Have you ever wept? at the throne of grace. Do you consider it a privilege to enter into the throne room of the great I am? Not only have we been invited to stand in his very presence, we have been invited to conversation. An intimate dialogue with the one who cares about us the most. It is the ultimate conversation, our opportunity to seek understanding from our creator. It is our chance to ask God, the Lord of all that exists, to deliver us in areas where we cannot help ourselves. Now, most believers will hear messages, will buy books, will buy tapes to really understand what prayer is. Now, at first blush, we say, well, that's a foolish question. Everybody knows what prayer is. But do we really know what it is? Do we really know what it's about? Do we really know what our charge is Some feel that they just need to chat with God once in a while just to kind of remind him that they're around, not to forget them. Others seek God only when there is a crisis in their life. And then there are those who believe genuinely and seek and enjoy a personal relationship with the Lord. It is, however, at his throne that we will discover life at its very best. Now, the question is, is a conversation with God of the universe really possible? Now, many say uh, that they pray, and, but when they, they're asked, do you really believe? Do you really believe God hears you? And in most cases, the answer is, I hope so. I hope so. There are many, many instances, and there are many, many people that God refuses to listen to their prayers. God does not listen 
to the prayers of those who are not in his family. Amen to that. Those who are not in the family of God, God does not listen to their prayers with the exception of the prayer for salvation. Isaiah 59, 2, But your iniquities, your sins, have separated you from your God. Your sins have hidden his face from you so that he will not hear. We are all sinners. That scripture is for unbelievers. You ever notice when tragedy occurs how full the churches are and how people go back and start praying? I don't know where you were at 9-11, but I know the Sunday after 9-11, there was standing room only for two Sundays. When the threat sort of disappeared, we went back to normal. You see, there is an intimate fear that God is not going to help us, be there for us when we call on him. And when things start going awry, we become fearful and we go to the Lord. Why in the world would a believer only pray When serious issues occur, it doesn't make sense. Perhaps because they totally don't really trust God's character. So you got to trust character of a person or something or God in order to trust the person, the character, or God. Some doubt that in the scheme of things, it's impossible for God to hear everybody's prayer at the same time. Rest assured that God never intended for us to approach his throne with a hope-so attitude. Now, many times I've been... I have done it. You have done it. Many times we answer our own prayers. And when things go south, we blame God because we are impatient. It is amazing. Now, let me say this. Everything revolves around one thing. What is the level of trust you have in the scriptures? How much do you trust the word of God? What credibility do you give the scriptures? It is dependent on how you live your life as a believer. If you embrace, I don't quite believe that. That can't happen. There's no way you're going to tell me that a fish swallowed a grown man, wallowed around and had a couple of barbecues inside, 
was spit out and then decide to preach. What's that all about? Splitting the sea so that thousands and thousands of God's people can walk on dry land. You see, if you have the impossibles, can't be, don't believe, then you will never enjoy the blessings of truth. You never will. The Lord has never gone back on his word. He's never gone back on his promises, and he never will. Yes, you can trust God to answer your prayers. We see that in Psalm 91.15. But you know the Father. The Father wants you, the Father wants me to know him in a profound way and walk in intimate fellowship with him. There are so many believers that do not understand the word intimate fellowship with God. Every believer, not just some, every believer has an opportunity for a personal, intimate relationship with the Father. Whether we do or not is up to us. I've said many times, God has given us a blessing and God has given us a curse. The blessing is we have a free will to choose whatever we want. The curse is we have a free will to choose whatever we want. The best part is we need nothing extra to enjoy his love. Amen all by myself. Just have an open heart that hungers to know him. What a priceless privilege. People ask, why should we be so passionate about talking to the Father? Well, there's many answers. As believers, we should not want to enjoy, or we should want to enjoy it, the best of our life as possible. The more we spend quality time in our prayer closets, the more we receive a deeper understanding of the I am. Now, I've had people say, well, what, what's a prayer closet? Prayer closet is wherever you pray. That's your prayer closet. Now, we know the Holy Spirit is our comforter. We know he allows us to recall things that we've read in the scriptures. We know that he will guide us if we allow him to. We know that he will comfort us each and every day. As believers, we have been given a great privilege in prayer. 
The Lord desires that we receive this gift and we use this gift every day of our lives. Prayer is rooted in a believer's personal relationship with him. Its purpose is to strengthen and deepen our intimacy with God. That is the purpose of prayer. Communicating with God is communicating with the Holy Spirit. We know as believers, the millisecond that we accepted Christ as our personal Savior, the Holy Spirit took up residency within us and will be with us until our last breath. John 14, 26, who is also an apostle, explains his role. Jesus said, but the counselor, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said. The Holy Spirit strengthens, strengthens our intimacy with the Father by continuously drawing us into his presence. Keep in mind, he does not usher us into the throne of grace simply so that we can uh, list our demands. We all know that there is no telling God. When was the last time you were in your prayer closet and asked for absolutely nothing? Absolutely nothing. But you spent that time praising God, thanking Him, thanking Him for your family for your home, for your car, for your existence, for your health, thanking him for the cross. We abuse prayer. We don't understand prayer. Deuteronomy 4.29 says, if you seek him, you find him. The question is, do we really want to do that? Do we really long to hear that still, small voice? God's spirit talks to your spirit. Too many times we have our own limitations in mind when we seek God's counsel. We are limited, but God isn't. And we place those limits on Him. And then there are times when there is no hope. And we seek God as an excuse. Scripture says, 
as we approach God, we are to embrace the fact that we are interacting with the Almighty, our Lord, our Maker, our King, our mighty warrior, our Redeemer, our faithful high priest, our Savior. Today, the senses with many young people come into play. If I can't see them, if I can't hear them, if I can't smell them, if I can't taste them, I don't believe. God said, blessed are those who will never see, but yet believe. Trusting God means looking beyond what we can see to what he sees. Hebrews says God never changes. His character never differs in his dealings from one person to another. He is the perfect, unfaltering standard of goodness, holiness, justice, loving kindness. If we really understood how much God loves us and actually trusts us, we'd never be the same. He has bestowed an overwhelming honor upon us. Remember Moses. Remember when Moses was at the burning bush. And God says, take off your shoes. Wherein you stand is holy ground. Everywhere Christ walked was holy ground. Now, as believers, when we accepted Christ as our personal Savior, and the moment that took place, God, the Holy Spirit, took up residency in us, within us. God says, wherever I stand is holy ground. Wherever we stand is holy ground. Not because we are holy, because God is holy. Keep that in mind as we travel each day. Where you stand is holy ground. How exciting is it in its purest sense, in its purest sense, that we are landlords for God the Holy Spirit. He will never lead us astray. You know, in our prime timers, we speak many times about how society categorizes their day. Sunday, there's a couple of hours for church. 
Then there's the afternoon. Church has already passed. God has already passed. It's time for something else. Monday's a work week. Saturday's a play week. And then we come back to God again for a few hours. There's 168 hours in a week. 10,080 minutes. The question is, how many hours or how many minutes do we spend in a week in our prayer closets? Our opinion, and this is important, our opinion of the Lord influences our attitude in how and when we talk to him. Let me repeat that. Our opinion, yours and mine, of the Lord influences us in how and when we talk to him. If we love and respect him as God Almighty, we will approach his throne frequently with humility, and by the way, expectantly. You see, our view of the Lord affects the nature of our prayers. Your view of people depends on how you communicate with them. And so it is with the Lord. Have you ever examined the substance of your conversation with him? What we express during our time alone with the Lord will tell us much about what we think of him. Do we go before him to know and worship him or to just ask him for things we need and want? And if that is where we are, we are missing out on one of the greatest blessings our soul can experience. The love and power of being in his awesome presence. Do we trust that the Lord is working on our behalf? Are we confident he hears our petitions and is leading us in the best possible way? If not, we may find ourselves in our prayer closets talking to ourselves. You see, if we do not have confidence in God, that in and of itself is a sin. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. It is a sin. 
there are those who said, you know, I prayed most of my life, but I can't recall any great answer that God has ever given me. There may be a reason for that as believers. I'm going to give you a scripture in it. I hope and pray that this will change your prayer life and perhaps your life. You know, we always run to the New Testament. New Testament, New Testament. It's like the Old Testament never existed. We spend all of our life in the New Testament. Psalm 66, 18. God says, if you regard iniquity in your heart, I will not hear you. If you hold sin unconfessed, I will not hear you. Now, we, we, we sin all day long and not know about it. This scripture is talking about, I have a sin and I will not confess it. Uh, so he said, well, give me an example. Well, a good example that probably has crossed almost everybody's life at some point in time is the lack of forgiveness. Well, I'm not going to forgive that person. Pastor, you don't know what that person's done to me. You don't know what he's done to my wife, my family. I will never forgive that person. The moment you enter that in your mind is the moment that God stops hearing your prayers. That's something to think about. Especially if you can't recall ever having God answer a prayer. You need to search doesn't have to be forgiveness. It can be any that you refuse. Yes, we were forgiven at the cross. Yes, we have to agree with God that we have offended him by our disobedience. When we cease to do that and hold on to it, if you regard iniquity in your heart, I will not hear you. Not only are we to confess it. You see, as believers, we are not to seek sin and hold on to it. You cannot get up in the morning and ask the Lord, Lord, save me this day from ever encountering sin. And the first thing we do is seek it. Wallow around in it. And then wonder why God hasn't done anything. We are to come in agreement with God that yes, we have grieved him by our disobedience and that sin. That, my friends, is an issue we need to resolve quickly. If it be the case, it needs to be done today. This scripture is for those who are well aware of an offense. You see, confession 
is fine, but it has to be followed by repentance. You can be sorry all day long for a sin, but if you seek it tomorrow and the next day, the sorrow is for naught. True repentance with unintentional seeking it again with the intent of harboring it just so we have said I have confessed it but I still harbor it doesn't work now I could go on for hours on prayer our prime time is we had 16 weeks on prayer God is an awesome communicator who is always drawing us into conversation with him. Always drawing us. At times, his voice comes to us in a quiet whisper in our spirit. He will speak to us if we are open to hear him. The key is to walk with him daily. People have a misconception. Well, if I'm going to walk with him, I have to walk and I have to pray and I can't do the things I want to do. That's not true. Talk with him. Start that habit. You'll enjoy it. Talk to him this morning. I said, God, it's been 13 years since I've had been able to get up here. You got a time change. You got rain. What's it all about? Why? He lets you and allows you and wants you to communicate with him. He wants you to talk to him. He will speak to us if we want him to. When we do that, we will see his intervention in our life and hear his voice gently instructing our hearts. It is so important we learn the sound of his voice. Jesus said, my sheep, they'll recognize my voice. As believers, we will recognize his call and have the capacity to know the one who saved us. Listening to God is essential if we are to walk with him and understand his specific plans for our life. Your lifeline, my lifeline, to God, this side of heaven, is our prayer closets. We ought not to abuse that. Misuse it. Use it only when we have to. 
because God doesn't play with sin. He does not play and say, you know, my bud, he'll come around, she'll come around. We'll just let this slide right now. We get mixed up sometimes in the Old Testament and the New Testament under grace, under law. Many times we don't understand what we're talking about or what people are talking about. But when it comes to sin, we pay the price. God is not going to play that game. So my prayer is that if we've been fiddling and diddling around with sin, if we've been playing the game of harboring in our spirit issues of the past, carrying those issues with us, not realizing as we've carried them with us, God has closed his ears to us. My prayer is, if there are folks here today that are in that state, again, resolve that issue today. Resolve it today. Why go the rest of your life separated? Keep in mind, we've never said one word about salvation. We've never said that we would lose our salvation or our entry into the kingdom. That is not the case, and we are not talking about that. We're talking about fellowship with God, having him hear us, speaking to our spirits. The wilderness is a, is a wander. Wandering in the wilderness is not good for a believer. I'm going to ask our ushers, if they'll come up front. This is a part of worship, too. Prayer is a part of worship. Singing is a part of worship. Tithes and offerings is a part of worship. We don't separate those things. They're not to be separated. Gentlemen, you can come on up. We give of ourselves. We give of our tithes. We give of our offerings. Not because... It's tax deductible. Uh, It's amazing sometimes at the end of the year when people want to go ahead and get their taxes squared away. It's good for the church, by the way, but it's not good for the people because they want to be able to get their taxes squared away. So all of a sudden, there's a whole lot of money comes in at the end of the year. The prayer is, that it's coming with a blessing so that that person can get blessed too. Father God, thank you for this moment in your eternity. Thank you, Father, for loving us. Thank you for your word, for the scriptures, Father. We just, uh, we're in awe at what you offer us. The greatest offer is coming yet for somebody here tonight. Father, we, we give to you expectantly we give to you lovingly we thank you father as a ministry that you've poured out your blessings to us bless the giver father 
that is coming from their hearts. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Gentlemen, let me talk to, uh, I know it's kind of hard to listen while people are coming. Hey, if you're a guest, forget about this. You don't need to be doing this. We take care of ourselves. You just as a guest, be here and pray for us and we'll pray for you. And by the way, if in fact you're a first-time guest, don't forget to take that card back and get a gift for being here. We want you to pray for us. We talked about family of God, okay? There may be someone here who is not a part of the family of God. And you say, well, what's that all about? Well, to be part of the family of God, you're going to have to do something. And that is simply come to an agreement with the Father. We know the Father sent His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He sent Him for one reason, one reason only, and that was to die on the cross so that He could take your sin, my sin, upon Himself so that we could sit here today and know for sure that when He calls our soul, we will enter the kingdom. You never know when that call is coming. This church has experienced a lot of death during this past month. Some totally unexpected. If you're part of the family of God, then when God ever, when he calls your soul, you don't have to worry about where you're going to go because you're going to go into the kingdom. That's the promise that was made. So what do you got to do to get into the kingdom? Well, it's almost too simple. And that's why a lot of people have a problem with it. God the Son went on the cross for a purpose and a reason. And that is the sinless one who doesn't know and never did know anything about sin became sin for us. And he took that sin and he overcame death because he rose again the third day. So now, we, as perhaps not a family member yet, we have an opportunity to be a family member. And that is simply, Lord, I believe. I believe you sent your son to this earth to die on the cross to take my sin upon himself so that I have the freedom of choice Blessing, curse, freedom of choice to accept and receive him as my Lord and my Savior. Now we're going to have a little prayer. This prayer is not magical. There's no magic in it. It's heart to heart, soul to soul. Now I'm going to ask our congregation to do a little work because I know We are believers here, and I'm going to ask them to pray for the one in front of you, behind you, beside you. You don't know. Pray for them as we're going to make an offer now to those who have not accepted Christ as their personal Savior to do so. So you pray. Let's pray. Father God, 
I pray, Father, that there are those here who do not know you as personal Savior will come to that point in time. They will say, Lord, I believe. I believe in your Son. I believe he went to the cross. I believe he died for me. I believe he rose again from the dead. I accept him. I receive him this hour, this day. And by doing so, Father, I know when you call my soul, I will be with you eternally. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. For those of you who did that, I want you to go out and ask for a little book. It's a little blue book. It's You Can Be Sure. Go out of the reception desk and just ask for the little blue book. They'll give it to you. You need it. Look at it. Study it. Come back here next week. Or tonight, today. There's pastors out front. Pastor John's here. There's deacons. There's elders. Tell them what you just did. and Ask them, help me. Assure me that I made the right decision. They'll do that.